Well, a few weeks ago, when there were still leaves on the trees, and there was still uh, just nice weather, it's been a little bit of nice weather recently, but not as much, uh, we had this, we took the day, my family took the day, and we went on a hike. We went to Turkey Run State Park. Who likes Turkey Run? Some people? Yeah, Turkey Run. It's a great place. If you haven't been there, go check it out. It's about an hour and a half away. Turkey Run, a really fun place, and we were having a lot of fun on these hikes, and we, we looked at the map, and we said, okay, let's do this one and do this one, uh, and we were about done with our hike. We had done se- several hours of hiking. We were about done. We are just kind of relaxing a little bit at the edge of the, the river, and some of us were playing on the rocks and just kind of enjoying the time, and all of a sudden, I heard a splash. And my brother-in-law just casually mentions to me, hey, I think Emily's in the water. <laughs> now, when I heard that and I realized there was a splash, I jumped to my feet quickly. I went, I, I got down there to try to help. And after getting her out of the water, and it was a struggle, it was a very, it was a very slippery slope, very tough to get her up. Uh, she was okay, thankfully, uh, very cold. <laughs> but one thing I realized from that is, is that she was told by her, her cousin, she was told, hey, Emily, you're getting too close to the edge. And I don't say this to, to make light of Emily, but I say this as to all of us, because often we need guidance and we don't follow the guidance. Or we think, oh, we can just go a little further and we'll be fine. But sometimes you find out that there is a slippery slope. And, the, and what we thought was the best thing actually gets us in big trouble. You know, t- today we're starting the Advent season. And we're looking to who Jesus is this Advent. Who is he? And uh, in a couple of weeks, we're going to have a church program called I Call Him Lord. And so as we, as we were thinking about what is a good thing to talk about, what was a good way to think about the Lord this winter, this Christmas, Isaiah 9, verse 6 came, came to me. And, and there's, in, in this, there's four kingly titles of who Jesus will be and who he is. And so, uh, let's go ahead and read that. This was, this was um, Isaiah was a prophet that was writing seven or eight hundred years before the coming Messiah came, before Jesus ever stepped foot or came forth as a baby. And so Isaiah was writing prophecy. He was writing for the hope of Israel about this Messiah. And I'll just in verse 2... Uh, of chapter 9. We'll get to that, do that and then we'll skip to 6 and 7. But in verse 2 it says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness. A light has dawned. So some, a light's coming. A light, like when we celebrate Christmas, we have lights. And a light is coming. So that there's, there's something special about light that, around Christmas. And, and so... Then in verse 6 it says, For unto us a child is born, 
A son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on forever. So as Isaiah Isaiah was writing, Isaiah was writing about this coming Messiah, this, this king that was coming to save Israel. This king that, as we think about Advent, where are we putting our hope? Are we, what are we excited about as Christmas is coming? Are we excited about Jesus coming? Are we excited about family? Excited about other presents? Lots of things. There's lots of things to be excited for, but what, is, what are we most excited for? And Israel was most excited for the Messiah that would come. The Messiah that was going to come and, and save the people. And so today we're going to be looking at this, this first title, Wonderful Counselor. He will be called Wonderful Counselor. So what did that mean to them and what does that mean to us? Wonderful is a term that we say sometimes, right? We, we say, that's wonderful. The great job. You did a wonderful job. You know, Amy playing the piano this morning. Wonderful, right? And so we say it's, it's a really good thing. But is, is Jesus coming just a really good thing? Or is it a marvelous, supernatural, extraordinary, awesome thing? Something that had never been done in the history of the world, that a Messiah would come and save the people. The, this word in, in Hebrew is Pele. And Pele means those things I just said. Wonderful, extraordinary, supernatural. Could be marvelous. And too wonderful, too, too marvelous for words. This word is used also in Exodus 15, verse 11. It says, right after the people were saved by God, they were saved from slavery, and they said, Who among the gods is like you, Lord? Who is, who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders? Who is like God? There is no one like God. No one even compares to God. God is wonderful beyond our imagination, beyond our comprehension. And that's our first point today. Is it the Lord, the wonderful counselor? He is beyond comprehension. It's hard to even describe the Lord sometimes and his miraculous works and how he and what he does. You know, the, the word Pele, I had to just think about this for a minute because Pele, also for people that like soccer or in some places of the world say football, and if you say Pele to, to anybody outside the United States, maybe some people in the United States, but Pele was this world-famous, amazing soccer player. That wasn't his real name, but that's, that's what he went by, Pele. And it meant... I mean, in, in Hebrew, it means wonderful. This amazing player who scored all kinds of goals in the World Cup, and he was 
helping Brazil win World Cups. This person that was playing with this amazing gift in his ability to play soccer. But he doesn't compare to the who God is, who is beyond comprehension, who Jesus, this, this baby coming to the world that we're celebrating at Christmas, who he is. And not just that Jesus came in as a baby, but Jesus is the miraculous. Jesus does the miraculous. He is wonderful. You know, sometimes I think we don't think about this very much as, as Jesus is wonderful. The Lord is wonderful. You know, when there's a, when there's a big play that happens in a, in a game, we say, wow, that's amazing, that was exciting, that was wonderful. When there's this comeback, when there's some new science, when there's different things in our life that we think, that's amazing, we say, that's wonderful. In our daily bread, they, they said recently of this, they said, all of these things can be explained. The latest technological wizardry, the wonder drug that calmed, that stopped the, the hay fever. You know, the come from behind victories. They say all these can be explained, but the real wonder is something beyond human explanation. The prophet Isaiah declared that the coming Christ would be a wonder. This not only describes what he does, but it describes who he is. He himself is a wonder. You know, we sang about this this morning. We sang in the song... We said, all, he is altogether wonderful to me. Is he wonderful to us? Is he majestic? You know, I wonder if, if you just think about a time in your life that you've experienced the wonder of the Lord. Something that was amazing. That was beyond comprehension. Because sometimes I think we, we kind of forget those things. But it's good to remember. It's good to remember that the things that, we, that we've experienced, how God is wonderful. But it didn't just say that he's wonderful. He said, Isaiah said he's going to be the wonderful counselor. So not just wonderful, not just that he's beyond comprehension, not just that he's doing marvelous things and wonder-working miracles, right? But he's the wonderful Counselor. Now this word, yaetz, in the Hebrew, it, this is a simple definition. It means to advise or to counsel. And in the, my uh, Zondervan study Bible, it says, Just as God needed no other counselor when he created the world, nor any other to give him advice, so... This child on his own is his own counselor. This child, this coming Messiah, he is the ultimate counselor. Jesus isn't just a counselor. He's a wonderful counselor. And we can experience Jesus as the wonderful counselor. You know, a few weeks ago, Don Patterson was here, and he was asking us, who are we listening to? Who, who's influencing us? And it's good to think about that because there's a lot of things in our life that influence us. 
There's a lot of counsel we're receiving. There's a lot of messages from the world that are telling us things that are ultimately leading us not to a path of Jesus, but to a path of worldly wisdom or worldly whatever. In James 3, James talks about this, this contrast of what is the wisdom of the world versus what is wisdom of the Lord. And after describing what the worldly wisdom is, he says in verse 17, James 3, 17, he says, But wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, then considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial and sincere. So this wisdom that is from the Lord, that he gives wisdom, he gives counsel, he gives guidance to the Lord, from the Lord, it's, it's pure. It's, it's not motivated by things that are wrong. It's peace-loving. It wants to bring wholeness. It wants to bring happiness. And, and it's submissive and considerate, full of mercy. All these things, it shows that our wonderful counselor, his wisdom is what we need. It's what we long for. But often... It's not who we're going to, to ask first. Sometimes I've gone to, to God later after talking to other people about things. But if Jesus is my ultimate wonderful counselor, then what we all need to do is we need to go to Him first with our worries and with our dreams and hopes, with our desires with our fears. We need to go to the Lord. He is the wonderful counselor. He's the one that can guide us. Guide us along the right path. So our second point today is that the Lord is our wonderful counselor who gives guidance. He gives guidance when we need it. But we have to ask and listen to what is the Lord's guidance. You know, when I think about guidance, I think about what a guidance counselor is. In high school and in college, there's these people that their job is to help kids, young adults, make decisions on their career. Make decisions in high school, which, you know, how are you getting ready for the SAT or, or you know, getting ready for what kind of career would you be interested in? Look at some different colleges. I remember the, the, my guidance counselor in high school, they gave me brochures of different colleges and kind of recommending different things. And, but really what they were doing is they were listening first to see what I was interested in. What would be a good major to study? What would be good, what's something that gives me passion or excitement? And so they would kind of, they wouldn't tell me what to do, but they would guide me. And in college, Similar. The, the guidance counselor, yeah, they helped you figure out your class schedule and things like that. But the guidance counselor also, like, if you say, hey, I'm not really into the major I'm in right now, what, would it, what other majors do you have? What other majors? You know, they can tell you other things to study and how to, how to help you. I mean, am I the only one that changed their major in college? Right? Is, did you, I mean, some of, all right, there's some college kids back here. <laughs> we, sometimes we change our majors in college. And then God uses you in a different way from your major you studied anyway, so, like me. But 
God gives guidance. Like a guidance counselor, he, he listens, he helps you, he guides you. He guides us, but we have to listen. We have to listen to his counsel. And a guidance counselor fills us with information. But the Lord fills us with wisdom, not just knowledge. He fills us with wonder and wisdom. On Right Now Media, when looking at this, uh, J.D. Greer had something on here. It said, in him we have a better guide than words can describe. Undescribable, right? Indescribable. There's a song about that. Loosen your grip on your secrets, your fears, and determine to follow your own counsel and allow Jesus to guide you. So often we want to follow our own counsel. But they're saying, let's let Jesus guide us. Because Jesus is our guide and he will lead us by his word and with his spirit. So do we trust Jesus as the wonderful counselor to lead us with his word? To give us guidance according to what he wants with his counsel? by His Spirit, through His Spirit? Do we trust Him enough to let Him be in charge? To let Him be our Lord? To let Him call the shots? What does it look like for you to trust our wonderful Counselor? To trust Him fully who gives guidance? But you know, it's not just that the guidance counselor gives guidance. The guidance counselor is listening. The guidance counselor is wanting what's best for us. But what's different about a guidance counselor and who our wonderful counselor is, is a guidance counselor helps you for a time. Marcy Helms was a great guidance counselor in college for me. I remember she helped me change my major. And she helped me figure out the classes I would have to take so I wouldn't lose, have to go an extra semester and all kinds of stuff. She listened and she helped and she was great. But recently I went back on campus and I looked to see if she was there. I, I didn't even see if, uh, she, I don't know if she was there or not. I didn't find her. But I, I can't imagine that she would remember me. But Jesus... He is our guidance counselor. More than, just, more than just giving us a time, giving us a, a temporary part of our life, He wants our whole life. He wants a relationship with us forever. He wants to guide us and give us counsel. He's not forcing Himself on anyone. Just like a guidance counselor isn't forcing they're not forcing you to take certain classes, take them, do this major. They're listening. Jesus listens. But he guides us with his counsel. He doesn't force. We have this wonderful counselor who, who knows what's best for us. And he knows what's best for us is what's best is to live with him and for him. 
in His Spirit, in relationship with Him, abiding in Him. That's what's best for us, is to be in Jesus, in Christ. So many times in the New Testament, we hear the term in Christ. Jesus wants us to be in relationship with Him, be part of His family, to trust Him. So when He is wonderful and He's giving guidance, we are stepping into that and trusting Him and living not just for Him, but with Him. The problem is that we have a, there, there's a big problem. The problem is sin. And often we ignore our sin. And often we don't want to think about our sin or just kind of pretend it's not there. But sin is a problem. And Jesus wants to give us counsel that's going to bring us to Him. And when we have sin in our life, and we, especially when it's when the Holy Spirit has convicted us of sin, we need to repent. And we need to be right with the Father. Because sin and our wonderful counselor, Jesus, they don't mix. They can't work together. Jesus came to die. He came to live, show us what life was like, how to live the right way, the way that God designed us to live without sin. And then he was killed. And he died. He died for us. And we have the, ch- the chance. We have the chance to ask for forgiveness, to accept his free gift of salvation, to, to listen to his guidance, to step into his life that he has for us if we choose to obey what he wants if we choose to let him be our wonderful counselor if we choose to say i'm sorry for my sins and repent and come clean and there's freedom in that and there's life in that and that's what jesus wants he wants to offer himself. And that's our third point today. Is that our wonderful counselor, Jesus, he offers himself. He gives the best gift that we could have at Christmas is a relationship with Jesus. Now maybe, maybe, and hopefully many are in a relationship with Jesus here. But Jesus wants to give you more and more of him. He wants us to walk in his spirit, to trust him more and more, to not let sin be the problem, but give our sin to Jesus who bore it for us on the cross and he removed it. And we are as we are clean in God's sight when we've asked for forgiveness and we've accepted the free gifts of salvation. But it's not just a salvation. It's a gift of life. That Jesus came to give us life. The life that we were meant to live. The life that He created us to live. And our main idea today is that Jesus came to be our wonderful counselor. To rescue us from our ignorance. 
we, we don't even know what we don't know sometimes. But that's why we need to trust our wonderful counselor. And he's going to rescue us when we, let, when we say yes to Jesus. Be my wonderful counselor. Be my guide. Your works are, are too wonderful. I trust you with my life. I accept the forgiveness that you give me. And I want to walk in you and in life by your spirit. Free me from sin. And so Jesus came to give us life, rescuing us from our ignorance. You know, I asked a little bit ago, what do you want for Christmas? I know it's still November, but we already had Black Friday, so people are talking about it, right? What do you want for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas? And this week I got a, a little thing on my phone. Uh, my, my parents sent it to us. Uh, and it said this, written out by somebody else. And it said, to our adult kids. So this is not my parents' words. But it's a message to their adult kids. And they say, my children ask me each year, what do you want for Christmas? And so this is the answer. They said, I want you to keep coming around. I want you to ask me the questions. Ask my advice. Tell me your problems. Ask my opinion. Ask for help. I want you to come over. I want you to rant about your problems. To rant about your life, whatever. Tell me about your job, your worries, your classes. I want to continue sharing your life. You continue sharing your life with me. Come over and laugh with me or laugh at me. I don't care. Hearing you laugh is music to me. I want you to spend your money making a better life for you. I have the things I need. I want to see you happy and healthy. When you ask me what I want for Christmas, I say nothing because you're already been given me the gift all year. I want you. And I just felt like I needed to read that because Jesus is our wonderful counselor who came. And we can't, we can't give him, what, what can we give him that's worthy of a king? But our wonderful counselor wants us to keep coming around. He wants us to ask him questions, to ask his advice or counsel. He wants us to tell our problems to him. He wants us to ask his opinion, asking him for help, to come over and talk, to be in relationship with him. What he wants is to be in relationship with us. That's what he wants. And he offers himself a way to do that. And so I, I ask you, as you think about what do you want for Christmas, and you think about who is my Lord this Christmas, 
when you think about Wonderful Counselor, we need to think about how Jesus came, but he didn't just come a long time ago. He came for us to show us a way to live, and that the way we live is life in him. He wants us. And so let's not get on, let's not get too close to the edge of the river. The slippery slope might take us into the river. Let's follow the guidance and the counsel of our wonderful counselor. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you are the wonderful counselor, that you are our wonderful counselor, that we can trust what you say. We thank you that you are undescribable, that you are too marvelous for us to even understand sometimes. But Lord, we just confess that we need you. And we need you, the way that you work in our life. We need more than what we need. Lord, we pray that we would need and see our desire for you. That you would give us yourself and we would listen to you that we would take your counsel and your guidance and we would trust you with our life. And we would live with you in your spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.